Hello and welcome to the Perish Not Podcast, where we declare the devil's defeated, God is glorified, and you are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, if you repent. My name is Rodney and I'm the host for the Perish Not Podcast, which is a media outreach of the Perish Not Project. To learn more, go to www.perishnot.net. Now, let's begin today's episode. Born October 9, 1940 in Liverpool, he grew up with his mom and stepfather. At the tender age of 15, he was given an acoustical guitar. In 1956, at the age of 16, he formed the Quarrymen, which evolved four years later in 1960 into the Beatles. In 1971, the song Imagine would become his foremost post-Beatles song. The opening stanza goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Nine years later, on a cold December night in 1980, John Lennon exited his limousine en route to his Manhattan apartment. Moments later, four shots of an assassin's bullet would ring out and would end his life. As ironic as it is, John Lennon imagines no longer the reality of heaven or hell. Even though Lennon was raised an Anglican, he didn't live a life imagining the words of Jesus. After his return from the 40 days and nights in the wilderness being tempted of the devil, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I checked out the Wikipedia article of John Lennon and his personal website, johnlennon.com, to see if it mentioned anywhere that he had repented or returned to his life of faith in Jesus Christ. They do not. Now, listener, I am not in a position to determine what side of the great gulf John Lennon currently resides on. But he is on one of those two places. Either Abraham's bosom or Hades. Awaiting the judgment day resurrection. Even though it's too late for him, it's not too late for you. Yes, dear listener, it isn't too late for you because you're still on this side of the grave. Believe me when I say we will all walk through death's door one day. Once on the other side, we will await the Judgment Day of Resurrection. Non-believers to the Great White Throne, believers to the Bema Seat. Now the Bible reads in Acts 17, So, having overlooked the time of ignorance, God is now proclaiming to mankind that all people everywhere are to repent. Repent? Why should I repent? Because... He has set a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all people by raising him from the dead. Repentance is nothing more than just a heartfelt realization that you have sinned against a holy God. Let me explain. Have you ever been speeding in your vehicle only to see a set of flashing blue lights in your rear view mirror signaling for you to pull over? As you come to a stop, you have a sinking feeling. This sinking feeling is a heartfelt realization that you've broken the law and now you await the consequence. Dear listener, you personally have broken the laws of God and one day will kneel before Him 
and give account for all the sinful deeds you've done in the flesh, unless you repent. So the officer approaches your vehicle and asks for your driver's license, registration, and insurance. As you hand them to him, you acknowledge, as he explains, you've been speeding. Immediately you apologize and declare, Officer, I won't do it again. Never. Upon his return, he sympathizes with your words as he hands you your citation. Your apology is not repentance. Now it is simply remorse for getting caught. As you roll up your window, you go through a series of emotions. Anger, frustration, regret. The list of emotions is exhaustive. You now gaze at the citation and see that the officer actually assigned you a court date. Dear listener, have you ever told a lie? If so, then you are a liar who has broken the ninth commandment. Have you ever stolen anything? If so, then you're a thief and guilty of breaking the eighth commandment. The value of the item is of no matter. If I opened up your wallet, it doesn't matter if I take out a $1 bill or a $100 bill. I'm still a thief. Have you ever looked upon another human of the human race with lustful sexual thoughts? If so, you're an adulterer and have broken the seventh commandment. Why? Well, because Jesus said, whoever has looked upon another with lust for them has already committed adultery in their heart. So, dear listener, how are you doing? We've only looked at three commandments, and there are seven more. You might say, well, yeah, Rodney, I've sinned, but everybody does. God understands, doesn't he? So today is the court date for your speeding citation, and you're sitting in the gallery amongst a group of others. As you gaze around, you see the officer who gave you the ticket. A hush comes over the courtroom, and the judge enters through the chambers. And after you arise and then sit down, the proceedings begin. After a few cases come and go before the judge, it's now your turn. As you approach the docket, the officer also rises to approach. The judge looks at you, reads the infraction. You were clocked going 44 miles per hour through a 25 miles per hour school zone. How do you plead? Well, your reply is, well, I'm guilty, Your Honor, but I, I promise I'll never do it again. The judge retorts that your reckless behavior not only endangered a community, but you could have injured or even killed a child. Yes, I understand, but I go through there every day at the same time, and the sidewalks are always empty. Dear listener, do you think the judge will understand that reasoning and rationalization? Do you think any reasonable judge should excuse that behavior? What about your behavior? Should it excuse your reasoning and rationalization? Is not your promise not to lie, steal, or commit sexual sins again satisfactory to the judge regarding your guilt? When you stand before him, should he excuse your behavior? Listener, if you die in your sins, you'll have to pay the penalty for those sins. The Bible reads, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You know what wages are, correct? Economically, 
They're an exchange of money for your time. But in a spiritual sense, they are payment for your performance. And that performance is the result of choices you have made. Choices to do what you know you should not be doing. This is called violation of your conscience. You see, your conscience is God's intrinsic way of probing you and prodding you to do good and shun evil. Unfortunately, for many of my listeners, you've been violating your conscience for years, suppressing truth with unrighteousness. Back to the courtroom. The judge looks directly at you and announces you have broken the county ordinance. I'm instituting the maximum sentence of $500 fine and 30 days in the county jail. As the bailiff approaches you, he reaches for his handcuffs. A mild panic sets in as you turn to the judge and begin to plead for mercy. The tears are welling up in your eyes, but they're falling on deaf ears. If you would have injured a child, your life would be 1,000 times worse right now, the judge exclaims. Dear listener, what will your personal judgment day look like? Will you be receiving rewards for your good deeds done after repentance? Or will yours be one characterized by screams and torments as you are thrust into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels? Do you know what God did for humanity so they can escape the fires of hell? As the bailiff begins to walk you out the courtroom side door, a voice is heard from the gallery. Judge, judge, I'll be happy to serve the offender's sentence. You turn to see the unrecognized voice of an unknown man. Well, the judge begins to question that man's motives and intent. After a few moments, having been satisfied that the man is mentally competent and cognizant of his free will offering, the judge grants his request. The cold handcuffs that once encircled your warm wrists are now around his. As he is led away, you sit in your seat, weeping uncontrollably. You glimpse towards the man one last time as he slips through the courtroom side door. You'll never see him again. The judge turns to you and states that you're free to go. As you rise out of your chair, wipe your tears from your eyes, and begin to leave the courtroom, you vow to yourself never to speed again through a school zone. Dear listener, that is repentance. God sent Jesus to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind. In doing so, humanity is set free from the penalty of sin. That ransom is not accredited to your personal account, dear listener, unless you repent of your lawless and rebellion against the holy God. Only by repenting and exchanging a sinful lifestyle for a righteous lifestyle will you be forgiven. If you reject God's offer of forgiveness, then you will be sent into the lake of fire to spend an eternity of torment. I have good news. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Apostle John wrote, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now here's the bad news. Imagine what John Lennon now knows. 
You've been listening to the Parish Knot Podcast, which is a media outreach of the Parish Knot Project. To learn more, go to www.parishknot.net. Until next time, this is your host Rodney, reminding you to get right or get left. <laughs>